today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, let's head down to Washington, bring in Reggie Cicchini, Washington producer, correspondent with Global News. He's based in Washington. U.S. Congress has approved ground rules for the impeachment inquiry into Donald Trump. To update us on all of this, Reggie is with us now. Reggie, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Good afternoon. And just quickly here, uh, in D.C., we're supposed to have some kind of nightmare storm tonight with winds of 100 clicks, and we didn't cancel uh, Halloween at all. And I also remember wearing a snowsuit under my costume a million years ago, so we toughed it out. So, yeah, you know, it just seems, I guess we've had this discussion before, but once you start moving dates around, I mean, where do you where do you close off on all of this? Uh, what's the World Series action like down there? I mean, what's the buzz about last night's game? I mean, look, there's a lot of talk about it right now. There's still some conversations about when the president was there and, and uh, had a little bit of a boo action when he was uh, uh, watching uh, Jose Andreas throw out the first pitch. But this is a huge deal for, for the city. This is somebody who lost their team, got their team back, and uh, and was able to kind of come from the nothingness that they were during the regular season. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of the light at the end of the uh, very dark tunnel that we've kind of been in this political world for for the last couple of months. So, uh, we, we, you know, the booing, we've heard different variations of it. You know, those that want to amp it up, those tone it down. What, what was the, do we know what the reaction really was? How, how would you judge it? From the president, the reaction was very clearly, uh, you know, he, he saw himself up on the big screen and, and heard the boos. And uh, you saw that smile wipe off his face, but it, it, it kind of it, it answered a question that people had been asking for uh, a long time is why you never see President Trump in the public outside of one of his own rallies. And this is what happens when the president goes out into the public uh, outside of a rally. There are a growing number of people who simply just don't stand for what the president has to do. And look, even in his own backyard, when he's at the ballpark, he still can't get the majority of people to be on his side. Does that phase the president at all? I mean, you could see a little bit, possibly, he might have uh, had a little bit of, a, of, a, of an upset you know, stomach watching everybody kind of boo him. But this is also a president who simply does what he wants when he wants. So, you know, it, it was a moment for him to kind of take in and then ignore it when he walked out. All right. Let's talk about the impeachment inquiry. Uh, walk us through this in layman's terms. Uh, what is actually going on here? For the longest time, Nancy Pelosi was, you know, trying to avoid this sort of thing. Why now? Why is this being triggered? Well, she originally avoided it because she wanted uh, in any kind of impeachment moving forward to be something along a bipartisan uh, uh, step forward. That's how things went with Richard Nixon. It's kind of how things went for the most part, a little bit, not really with Bill Clinton. But with this uh, impeachment, it was very much along partisan lines. And knowing that she was going to need her entire caucus around her to get this going forward, she was hesitant to move on it. And that was until uh, we kind of had all of this blow up uh, about the uh, president's phone call with Volodymyr Zelensky right. uh, with with Ukraine. And uh, basically, we saw the, the speaker say, look, I've got the people behind me. I have the votes behind me. It's time to put the president in his place. And we saw that's exactly what happened with that vote today. Why is this? Why did the Ukraine issue resonate over other issues? What is it about this? Why? Well, because you have to remember with the Russia investigation, we had a special counsel here. We had three years of back and forth with the president saying there was nothing wrong. We had Democrats going after him. We had Republicans trying to defend him. And at the end of the day, we had Robert Mueller come out and say, well, I can't actually put any kind of something on paper that will allow the president to be prosecuted. And it created a big firestorm. Now we have something that is very clearly written out in a sort of not really transcript that the White House has released about the president appearing to do some kind of quid pro quo, asking for uh, an investigation into a political opponent while holding up uh, U.S. aid for a foreign country. And there are a number of things that are just uh, in contrast to what U.S. policy and what U.S. law is. And it was out in the open for people to see. And this is something that Democrats latched onto and said, we couldn't get it done with the Russia investigation. Here it is now before us. We have to jump. 
So the vote today, what does that mean? Well, it means that everything that has gone on in the la- over the last couple of weeks, which was behind closed doors, is now going to open up and have a camera uh, in front. So each of these hearings, when people come back to be deposed before committees, it will be in the public eye. People will be able to see uh, the back and forth between Democrats and Republicans and how these people uh, respond. It also means that anything that's taken place over the last few weeks is going to be put in writing with uh, 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 Chairman Schiff saying that he's going to be releasing the depositions and, and the uh, the wording from the depositions in the coming days and weeks now that this is going to be a formal impeachment investigation. And this is something that Republicans have been crying for for the last several weeks, complaining about how the process has been uh, taking place, you know, out of the public eye, behind closed doors, saying that they've been kept in the dark, despite a majority of them being on the committees that are involved in this right now. But this is still an opportunity that Republicans are now saying, well, the process is now being followed, but, you know, other parts aren't being followed. So they're simply just pushing that goalpost further and further down the field. Uh, we remember uh, Donald Trump and, and everyone complaining that this was being closed behind or being held behind closed doors. We remember when all of a sudden it reminded me, you know, uh, of, uh, you know, the clip from Shrek when all the village people start storming his doors. They were going to bust into the meeting and such. Um, that being said, how does this change what is happening? What are we about to see happen here? What are we about to see unfold? Well, I think we're going to see fireworks unfold. We already know that there were some contentious times inside these closed-door committees that were holding these depositions. And now that a camera is going to be turned on, this is an opportunity for each party to kind of play to their base now that they're uh, going to be able to watch this. Cable news is going to be flooded with these depositions for the next couple of weeks and the next couple of months. And I think we're actually going to see uh, an increase in comment from the White House because everything we've been hearing right now has either been leaked out of these committees or has been selectively released And that's what the White House is going on now that they're going to have full access to these depositions. Now that the president is actually going to be able to take his legal team and have them involved in the process going forward. We're going to see a new information come out. We're going to see information potentially be corroborated. And we're going to see a new spin effort uh, by most of the GOP and uh, the White House and its counsel to try and protect the president from what could happen going forward. Uh, We certainly all remember what happened with the Mueller report and and how that was dragged out and and what really happened in the end of all of that. Are we we naive to think much different is going to happen with this? Or is there information here that, that could or is going to come out that will change this story? Well, look, the information that has already been made public uh, by these little bit of leaks that have come from these depositions is is damning for the president. And it's enough for the Democrats to have moved this along at a much quicker pace than we saw with the Russia investigation. And Robert Mueller We're hearing from Democrats that they'd like to get some, if not uh, a significant portion of these investigations taken care of by U.S. Thanksgiving in less than a month from now. And then potentially have this handed off to the Senate uh, early next year, hoping that it can get uh, you know taken care of before they get into the big primary dates uh, through February and March. So there is an opportunity here for things to wrap up uh, or at least significantly start to wrap up within the next three or four months. That said, there is any number of possibilities with new people coming forward, new information that that uh, ends up getting dug up uh, that could extend that. But all politicians understand that we're heading into a very pivotal moment uh, with the election campaign really kicking into high gear with over the next couple of months. And I think that that's going to be something that they're paying attention to. It was interesting. I was watching the ball game last night on the Fox uh, feed and I saw a, a, a homemade Donald Trump commercial. And I must admit, it's the first one that I've sort of seen from up here. 
and even in that, they had the capture of al-Baghdadi and the significance of, of that and such. How much uh, is that operation, uh, uh, how much of that is a distraction for what is happening for Donald Trump? How is that being viewed in the States? Well, the, the administration is, is, is taking that as a huge win right now. They're trying to compare it to the uh, Osama bin Laden killing under President Obama. How uh, dangerous is that comparison, considering, well, nobody remembers any planes being flown into buildings here. And not to diminish the significance of this leader being killed, obviously it's very important. But to even draw that comparison, is that not dangerous ground? Well, it is, but it was mostly expected. I mean, remember when the president made his his speech on Sunday morning, he was talking about this, uh, you know, being one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, you know, win for the American, uh, for America in general, basically in its history. But then he started going on talking about how he wrote in a book that he said that Osama bin Laden should be killed at one point. So the president has a bit of a complex when it comes to the uh, accomplishments of the previous administration. But taking this for the win that it is, and you're right, we can't diminish that this is a very big win for America. This is a big win for uh, global safety in taking the taking down of uh, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, the ISIS leader and the second in command. But this came at an opportune time for the president, because if this impeachment proceeding does start to heat up, if his numbers start to uh, dwindle in the polls because of it, he is able to say, well, look at this big win that we have right now. Look at the number of Americans that died uh, at the hands of the so-called Islamic State. Uh, This is something that we can be proud of. And it's a big thing for the president because he doesn't have a lot of domestic legislative wins over the last three years of his presidency. So this is something that's going to be big for him, and he will use this as a distraction, and he will use this on the campaign trail. Uh, The week or so before, it was about leaving the Kurds high and dry. Does this neutralize that story? Well, I mean, there's still a lot of unknowns when it comes to what's going to be happening uh, on the ground in Syria. We know that uh, the the U.S. is going to leave some troops on the ground in northern parts of the country because there are oil fields there. And while it's not a lot of oil when we're talking about a global scale, it is enough that the Kurds use this uh, for kind of a financial backing. And it's how they uh, keep themselves sustained financially. But we also know that ISIS used this as a cash cow for them. So troops are going to remain there. And we know that the Kurds were able to give... uh, U.S. troops and special operations uh, some advance notice and advice as to where al-Baghdadi had been on the move to before his uh, ultimate demise when he was near the Turkey border. So I think that there is an opportunity for a bit of a mend here when it comes to uh, U.S. relations with uh, with the SDF, but I do think that there is always going to be that little bit of a bruise that stays uh, on the arms of Syrian Kurds who have watched uh, the U.S. really leave them on their own. When anybody ever questions about leaving the Kurds high and dry, can he just not say in the same sentence, but yeah, look what we got. Well, I mean, he, like I said, he's going to use this as a win and a distraction. And, yeah. you know, it was interesting to watch him talk uh, on Sunday morning by saying, well, I'd like to thank Syria. I'd like to thank Russia. I'd like to thank Turkey. And then at the very end of it was, and the Kurds gave us some uh, information as well. It was kind of a slam to the uh, to the group who ultimately led the U.S. to be able to uh, take over uh, ISIS and, and kind of diminish the land that they were holding, all because of the Kurds, who at the end of the day lost 11,000 of their own people, while there were very few uh, numbers of Americans killed in that battle. Is Russia our ally here? Because he almost makes it sound as if they are. 
Well, I mean, look, Russia plays a big role in the Middle East. They uh, control some airspace over Syria. They basically have filled that vacuum that has been created ever since the U.S. started to pull out. And with their large presence now throughout Syria, uh, the U.S. basically had to come and rely on them uh, in order to get this, you know, victory for them with the death of al-Baghdadi. The problem is, is that he also, uh, the president and the United States, also had to kind of ally themselves with the Assad regime in Syria and with uh, with Erdogan and Turkey and the these are all volatile regions. Oftentimes, they are uh, a little bit of a, a pain, if not a full-out adversary for the U.S. So there was some strategy involved in having to align yourself with uh, with people who you ultimately are trying to often back away from, except for Russia, which continuously can, uh, uh, keeps popping up in this administration. Many may quest to ta- uh, question the timing of this uh, attack. How much would Donald Trump have had to do with this? This was an ongoing investigation, was it not? I mean, the search for him has been going on forever. Yeah, the president said uh, during on Sunday during his speech that he you know he's wanted this for the last three years and I think the timing is suspect and I think that there are some critical comments uh, that are worth listening to because you have to remember the president didn't tell his chief of staff that he was going to be making this move the president didn't loop in any of uh, uh, the democratic members of the group of eight who are in charge with uh, in Congress with with dealing with military actions Uh, you know at the end of the day if this had been an operation that went awry and Congress hadn't been uh, given any kind of advance notice about this there could be some uh, uh, political and legal ramifications that would need to be dealt with. So I think mm. the president tried to do this as a bit of a way to, uh, you know, make himself look a little bit better in a sour situation. But I think that there are still a lot of unanswered questions as to why it was carried out at that moment. So in other words, uh, we're packing up, we're leaving. If we're going to do this, we have to do it now. Is that accurate? Well, kind of, yeah. We know that they were trying to pull out. We know that they went into Iraq. And then we heard that there was some kind of movement going back into Syria within, you know, a matter of hours, if not just a couple of days. So there was some uh, questions about what was going on. And, you know, the president says the, the, the opportunity was was ripe and they, they found a location and they had to make that move and make that attack and that there was very little time. Uh, I think that we're going to, you know, and we're seeing the Secretary of State within the last 24 hours stand by uh, what's been going on. Same with Defense Department officials. I still think that there's going to be a number of questions that are asked, uh, basically with the president saying that ISIS has been obliterated. And then we get news today that they've already put themselves uh, with a new leader uh, and they've, you know, tried to reestablish a new caliph. That's my my next question was, what does this mean for ISIS? Uh, Are we concerned about retaliation here? There's always that possibility. I know that they're, they've put out some audio, they've put out some, some tape that most people, most most outlets aren't going to run because they don't want to give that kind of uh, credence to such uh, such an organization. But there is an opportunity for them to, uh, you know, look to see how they can get some kind of revenge. Because remember, well, al-Baghdadi was the head of this organization. He was not really a yes or no man or a planner. This is a very autonomous group where people yeah. pledge their allegiance. And there is an opportunity uh, anywhere around the world for somebody to simply pledge allegiance to ISIS and carry out an attack and say that it's uh, done because of what just happened. So I think that there is uh, a bit of uh, potential naivety to think that, you know, everything is going to be okay simply because a leader is not there. Reggie Giacchini is with us, Washington producer and correspondent with Global News. He's based in Washington. Make sure you're watching Global News tonight at 530 and 6 for more on this. Reggie, as always, thanks for the time. Have a great weekend. Thank you. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.